Welcome to Passion Life Church. Come on, let's give Jesus the best round of applause. We're going to give him all day. So good. I got to tell you, um, the reason why I am here today in church is because my mom brought me to church. As a young boy, whether I wanted to or not, she brought me to church. And in church, I found my gifts. I found what I could do, what I couldn't do. Somebody gave me an opportunity. And just like Engie and her daughter Tochi, you know, Tochi's back there using her gifts every single week. And I cannot overemphasize to bring your kids to church. Let them get involved. You know, right now in the Kids Life Central group, the 6th to 6th grade, they've got about 12, 11 to 12-year-olds who are actually serving junior leaders, helping them. Come on, that's what it's supposed to be. Because our kids have strengths. You have strengths. And I just want to encourage you. You know, that's what the church is about. And last week we had about, I don't know, 10, 12 people go through our growth track, finding their strengths, finding what they can do so they can make a difference. And I want to encourage you, get involved. Serve in the spot. Listen, you don't have to serve every week. But even if you could serve once a week, be committed. We, you can greet people, love on people, usher, set up. There's a whole bunch of different things where you can use, and God can use you to be a, and make a difference. Can I hear a good amen? I just want to say hello to my mom. She is listening. She always listens and encourages me. And, and I love you, mom. And I thank you for the great heritage and the seeds of the word of God that you placed in my life because they are bearing great fruit. They're bearing great fruit, right? Passion Life Church. Come on, let her hear you. Awesome. Happy month. Can we just say before we just dive into this message, come on, let's let's put a great round of applause to all of our single moms today who are working it. Come on. Who are man, they got their own struggles, they got their own things, and we love you all, and we want you to know we are here to help you. And so I'm so glad you came to church today. And, um, you know, I just like to invite you since today is Mother's Day. We have a great mom to mom group. Uh, you can just go out to the Welcome Center and talk to Jody. She heads that up. Now I think there's about 12, 15 moms coming together. And uh, they're on break right now, but they are having some events. You need each other. We are better together, ladies and gentlemen. And that's moms of all ages and stages come together. She, I mean, there's a lot of times she's cooking meals. Sometimes I want to be a mom just to go over there. I've tasted the bacon over there. It's pretty amazing. And, uh, but just, just connect. Connect with some other moms. You know, it's amazing that we were laughing with these two families right here. But you know what? You already have something in common. And how better could we be if we would just come together? And so I, want, I just want to encourage you to do that. You know, today we are in part three of this amazing series that we are calling Overcomers. Our Overcomers series. And if you have your Bible, come on, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. How many of you would say that, that life has struggles in it? How many of you would say today that you've had some struggles in life? Let me see your hands. Come on, let me, let me see your hands. How many of you would say you've had some battles that you've had to overcome? Even as a Christian, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that after we become a Christian that, you know, it's just going to be a tiptoe through the tulips. Absolutely not. Life has battles. There is an enemy. We all have those struggles. And let me just tell you, being that we do have struggles and we we do have battles. I want to tell you, when you come to Passion Life Church, you don't have to put on a mask here at Passion Life Church. I always say this, it's okay not to be okay at Passion Life Church. You know, you don't have to, I hear people say, well, you know, I'm just not going to go to church. I'm just not ready to go to church. That's like a sick person say, well, you know, I'm just not ready to go to the hospital. I'm going to go ahead and wait till I get better. 
to go to the hospital. That's not when you go to the hospital. You go to the hospital when you need to go. And we need to run to God and not from God. Can I hear a good amen? Because he's our help. The Bible says he's a very present help in time of need. And if you need help, listen, come in here. Even if you don't got a smile on your face, you don't got to pretend to be anybody else. All of us this morning put our pants on, right, the same way. All of us got struggles. All of us, and God wants to help us all. He is not a respecter of persons. And I just want you to know, it's okay not to be okay at Passion Life Church. God will work on you. But I think as we talk about the battle, what you believe in the battle can actually determine if you overcome or not. You know, some people don't believe that they can win. Some people in the battles of life throw in the towel. They wave the white flag of surrender. And they're like, hey, you know what? I can't win. They're defeated even before the battle starts. Or they know that a battle is coming. And so they're just like, I quit. And I want to talk today about winning the battle by believing. Winning the battle by believing. Have you found Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10? If you did, say, whoo-hoo. Man, we got a talented church. See, Pamela, that was like a choir. We need, we can put them all back here, right? Can you go woohoo, go like this too and rock back and forth? Let me see, woohoo, come on. Oh yeah, there we go, thank you, Jesus. I always tell people, I have the most creative church and smart church. God has totally blessed us. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Why do we got to be strong? And this isn't in our own strength. This isn't God's strength. Why is that? Because it's a supernatural battle. And for supernatural battle, we need supernatural strength. You can't win this battle by yourself. You need God's supernatural strength. And it says, be strong in the Lord. So God's going to give you his strength and the power of his might. And then it says, put on the whole armor of God. Somebody say whole armor of God. That that you be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The Bible's talking about standing, and you're going to see he's going to mention the word stand four times. That means stand, that you are going to stand your ground. You're not going to quit. You're not going to yield your ground. You are going to stand. And what do we stand in, everybody? We stand in the victory that Jesus has already won. I'm not trying to win the victory that Jesus won. He already won it. Can I hear a good amen today? And so I stand in that victory. And Angie said it today. I love it. We are fighting from victory, not for victory. And so that's it. We're just enforcing the victory that Jesus already won. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I want you to know this. It does say we wrestle. There are words in the Bible that say fight the good fight of faith. You are more than a conqueror. And I love this series because we can use fighting words. You know, Jesus was uh, the Lamb of God, and he's the precious Lamb of God. But he's also the Lion of Judah, right? And so he is the Lamb that was slain for us for salvation. But when it comes against the enemy, you know what? He becomes the Lion of Judah, right? And to be honest with you, if uh, a wolf is coming against me, I don't want a lamb trying to defend me. I want a lion to defend me. And that's who God is and we wrestle not against flesh and blood in other words people are not our problem right but he can use people but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness and then he says wherefore take on the whole armor again that's twice why is he telling us to take on the whole armor because all of these pieces that we are going through they all work together take on the whole armor of God it is God's armor that he gives us that you may be able to withstand there it is in the evil day and having done all to stand do everything you can to stand it says and we stand in the victory last week we talked about we stand in truth because the Bible says in verse 14 stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth somebody say truth 
Truth, and when we stand in truth, the enemy cannot stand against us. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, we're going to talk about the breastplates today. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Lord, strengthen every mom. Lord, thank you for the grace that is on their lives, Father God, to do what they do. Lord, speak to us now, not just by your word, but by your spirit, because your words are spirit and life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Let's talk about this breastplate of righteousness that God gives us. You know, I, ever since I was, I was little, I was always put on stage. I remember even in kindergarten, um, my, I guess a teacher looked at me and saw potential, and she said, man, you know what? You would make a good tree. And so my first, my first time being on stage, I was a tree. And have you ever seen how they do trees? Like they'll have like a paper tree and that paper tree, and then they have a hole. And as just a kindergartner, this was all I had to do. Here came my cue. I just had to stick out my face in that hole, just like this, and show everybody, right? That was my first debut as a kindergarten. I was so scared. I could have never done what Tochi did today when she sang that Mother's Day special. I could have never have done that. But here's what happened. When I stuck my face out, all of a sudden, I felt this warm liquid start to go down my leg. It was warm, and I thought, wow, it is hot in here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you probably figured it out. As a kindergartner, all I had to do was put my face through that thing, and I peed my pants. How many of you know I've come a long way since kindergarten? But then, yeah, thank you. I got three or four amens. Uh, you're like, I just hope you're not peeing right now, Pastor Phil. But here's, here's the reality. I, as I grew up and went to church, I guess somebody saw potential in me. And about six or seven years old, they looked at me and they said, hey, you know what? In our, in our Jesus play, in our, our Easter play, you're going to play a Roman soldier. And so as six, seven years old, I just remember I had this armor on. How many of you know that, like, plastic armor that they sell at the store? So I had, like, the plastic armor on, and I was a Roman soldier. And here was my job. My job was... Peter, uh, we were coming to get Jesus, right? And so there was another kid that played Peter, right? And you all know the story. So we're coming, and all of a sudden, Peter, and he's another six or seven-year-old kid, grabs my sword, right? Right in front of everybody. And he goes, and he's supposed to chop off my ear. You know the story. But he doesn't chop off my ear. He stabs me in the heart, okay? And what happened was, was the breastplate, the plastic breastplate, had moved, and that however you want to spin it, that plastic sword was sharp. And he, now, see, in the story, Peter was trying to hit the heart, but Peter cut off the ear. This kid, I don't know if he was reading his Bible, but he went straight for the, for the heart or he was totally a bad shot. I don't know. But here's what I remember. I remember right in front of every, everybody being stabbed with that thing. How many of you know my stage presence and my, my experience being on stage has not been a good one so far? First, I pee my pants and then I get stabbed in the heart, right? The devil is a liar. If he only knew the potential that I had, he tried to kill me when I was seven. <laughs> By another kid in an Easter play. <laughs> he stabs me in the heart and I go down and I, I like, I was excruciating pain. And I'm sure people are looking and they're going, man, this kid is a great actor. 
He is a great actor. I, I was in pain, people. Pain. And here's the thing. Although that was a total accident that he stabbed me in the heart, it's no accident the enemy is going to go for your vital organs. And the enemy is strategically going to go for your heart because your heart is a vital organ. Let's talk about this breastplate of righteousness. We looked at this diagram that I put up. If you guys could put that up. It shows the truth. And then it also shows the breastplate. The breastplate... Uh, really was the Roman soldiers used to cover their vital organs, their heart, their lungs, their stomach. And physically, if you were to get shot, right, physically, we know if somebody were to shoot you, stab you in the heart, right, you're not going to make it. But spiritually, here's the reality. Spiritually, the heart, the Bible says, is the center of your believing. It's the center of where you believe. I love what Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus uh, is Lord and believe in your heart. Everybody say that. Believe in your heart. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Verse 10. For, here it is again. For the heart, with the heart, one believes and is justified. I love that word justified because that word justified, if you truly believe through faith you are justified, justified means this, just if I have never done anything. That's what God's forgiveness does. He says, but for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So watch this. The heart is the center and the seat of my spiritual life. So the enemy's going to go for your heart. And since the enemy knows that your heart is vital to your Christian life, he's going to try to wound you. He's going to try. And ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be intentional on his part. It's going to be intentional. He'll try to use people. Now, sometimes people don't know that they're wounding you. Sometimes that's not always intentional. Sometimes it's unintentional. But how many of you know, even if you have an unintentional wound, it still hurts? Still hurts. Now, sometimes the enemy can use people to do it intentionally. Man, he loves coming into churches and dividing people, right? People arguing, wounding different people. Man, that, he loves division. But you know what he's also going to do? He's going to try to use situations. He's going to try to use circumstance to wound you, to get you, to get deflated in your heart. You know, when I watch sports and you've watched sports before, you'll hear sometimes a, a person will say, wow, that person played with some heart. Man, they played with heart. It's like that's where the center comes from. And yet we have a breastplate, the Bible says. We have a breastplate. Come on, say this with me. Say, I have a breastplate. And it's a breastplate of righteousness that protects your heart. And I just want to remind us as we are in this study, every piece of this armor works together. And the Bible says that's why we have to put on the whole armor of God. And I was reading some and studying about this armor, and they were talking about how even with the Roman soldiers, this, this whole breastplate, sometimes uh, some were wear bronze, and it would actually even connect into the belt. How many of you know because the truth and righteousness go together? You'll never believe that you are righteous if you don't believe that that is the truth. And when you believe and have faith that you are righteous because of what Jesus does, the Bible says that's like a breastplate to you. It's like a breastplate. And so you have the armor on. How do you know, Pastor Phil, when I have the armor on? Well, you have the armor on when you understand each piece and how it works. And that's what we're doing. Say, thank you, Pastor Phil. You're welcome. I love you. When you understand how this armor works and you use it, that's why the Bible says put it on. How do we put it on? 
We talked about you slip into it just like you would your clothes, but you slip into it and you put it on when you understand how it works and you use it. This armor is to be used every day. So we need to know the truth about righteousness. Why? Pastor Phil, why do we need to know the truth about righteousness? I'll tell you why. Because it protects your heart. It protects your heart. So I got to know. Righteousness protects us in the vital areas of our relationship with God. And, and so it gives us, right, that righteousness is a protection. Now watch. Here's the challenge. Are you ready? Many people's hearts are exposed. And you know why they're exposed? Because they don't understand righteousness. I would say today, in my 25 years of pastoring, that there would be a majority of you in here today that still do not understand righteousness. You still don't understand what that is. You still don't understand what it means. A lot of people don't understand how to walk in it. They don't understand how we receive it. And ladies and gentlemen, here's part of the battle. I would say a majority of people want to be righteous. Anybody want to be righteous? Let me see your hand. You, you, you want to be righteous? We want to be righteous. And some are even like, I'm trying to be righteous. Right? That constipated face. Ooh, I'm trying to be righteous. Let me tell you what righteousness is, and let's dissect this. Why is it important? Because it's going to protect your heart. Righteousness simply means that I am in right standing with God. I am acceptable by God. Or let me say it this way. I am living an upright life. I'm living an upright life. So people ask, Pastor Phil, how, right, how can I do that being that I've messed up so much, right? Well, here's the news. The truth is you can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. I'm going to say it a couple times. You cannot be righteous on your own. You can't. The truth is you can't walk in righteousness. Listen to me. You can't walk in righteousness until you've received righteousness. Let me say it again. You cannot walk in God's righteousness until you receive God's righteousness. Here is the challenge. There's a lot of people that are trying to walk out righteousness, but they have not received righteousness by faith. And I think the church, honestly, sometimes we do a terrible job with this. We are judging people because we want them to live righteous, right? Maybe you have somebody even in your home who is not living righteously, maybe even a spouse. Can I just tell you, they're never going to live righteous until they receive the gift of righteousness sinners sin I've talked to people and they're like Pastor Phil oh my goodness you should see you should hear the people at my work and what they do oh my gosh I just feel so defiled when I go to work Ugh, I feel like when I come home I gotta like wash off stuff I know and you know what can I tell you today sinners sin and I know we want them to be righteous but here's the thing they have to receive the gift of righteousness 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 tells us what Jesus did. It says, for he made him, God made Jesus, who knew no sin. Think about this. Jesus never knew what it was like to know sin. He never messed up, never gave in to temptation when he walked on the earth. But when he was on the cross, he didn't just take on the sins of the world. He didn't just take on your sin. The Bible says he became sin. He became the epitome of evil. That's why when God looked at him, he could not even look at him. And Jesus, for the first time, you, when you read the scripture, Jesus, for the first time, looks up and doesn't call him father, calls him my God. It was the first time that Jesus didn't call him my father. He had to call him my God. Why? Because he was separated. That sin separated him from God. But Jesus was rejected by God so you and I could be accepted by God. Anybody excited about being accepted by God because of what Jesus did? 
So now watch this. When you were saved, when you asked Jesus to come inside of your heart, here's what he did. He gave you a gift. He gave you a gift called righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Is anybody thankful for righteousness that Jesus gave us? I'm so thankful. I think about that all the time, right? But watch this. Righteousness comes from God. It's not something that we have. You don't have it. You have to receive it from God. It's a free gift. And how do you receive it? You receive it by faith. That's why I always say faith is a taker. Jesus says, here's my righteousness. I'll take it. That's faith, right? That's faith, right? But watch this. What happens is a lot of times we get into self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is when we think that our works are good enough. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my secret sauce today for preaching. I'm building a foundation because we're going to go deeper. Are you ready? Are you still with me, everybody? Some of you go, man, man, this is really elementary. It is. But that's why every soldier has to go through basic training because when you're in the onslaught of a battle, you better know the basics. Can I hear a better amen than that? Can I hear a hoo-wah? All right, I think the Navy does that or somebody does that. I don't know. But maybe I'd even do it right, but it sounded pretty strong, I think. Right? But here's what we can do. And even for us as Christians, we can get into what we call self-righteousness, where we think that our works are good enough. Can I just tell you, it doesn't matter how many times you come to church, how many times you open the Bible, how many times you pray, your works are not good enough. The only way you can be righteousness or have righteousness is to receive it from Jesus. And he gave it to you freely, right? Now watch this. But if you're going to receive his righteousness, you're going to have to throw off your own self-righteousness. You're going to have to throw off that self-righteousness, right? Now, listen, if you're taking notes, write this down. Self-righteousness is not a breastplate. Self-righteousness will leave you uncovered. Self-righteousness will leave you exposed to the enemy. Now, let's get down to business. The enemy wants you to be in self-righteousness. He wants you to be exposed. Listen, when you receive Jesus Christ and you receive his righteousness, watch this. Jesus' righteousness comes in internally. Everybody say internally. Jesus' righteousness comes in internally to us so we can walk in righteousness externally. How do I walk in righteousness externally? First, I have to receive righteousness internally, right? So watch this. If we're preaching on righteousness without receiving the gift of righteousness, then we're just talking about religion. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're doing all this and it's, it's still not working. Right, because your works will never be good enough. And this is what religion teaches. Religion teaches change your behavior first and then it will change your heart. Under God's grace, it is I will change your heart, your believing center, and out of your heart, your behavior will change. My church family, Christianity is not behavior modification. It's heart transformation, that God transforms your heart, and then you live different. But if you're trying to live different without a transformed heart, guess what happens? You get frustrated. I know, I've been there. The message of grace has totally changed my life. And let me tell you in a nutshell what the message of grace is. The message of grace is God first, then you. Not you first, then God. The message of grace is God changes you, then you change. It's not you change, and then you go to God. That's religion. Change your outside, 
And you know what? There was a religious guy that came to Jesus. His name was Nicodemus. And he was a Pharisee. And he came at night. I like to call him Nick at night. He came at night because he didn't want anybody else to see him. And he asked Jesus, what do I need to do to have eternal life? John chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. John chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Watch this. Do not marvel. Jesus said, you got to be born again. Let me say this. you got to be born on the, in new. Now, all of you have been born of water, but now you've got to be born from the inside. What is that, ladies and gentlemen? That's internally, internal, internal, internal. So your internal world affects your external world. That was worth coming to church this morning. Listen to me. What you are believing, what's going on in your heart, inside is determining your outside world. The Bible says this. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of your life. Pastor Phil, I got issues. Check your heart. Because out of your heart, that's why hurt people are hurting people. But that's why healed people can help heal people. Because it's all coming out of your heart. That's why it is a vital target for the enemy. But change begins internally. Now, what I am telling you, and, and listen, I thank God sometimes for my ADD because I have like seven thoughts going on in my mind, right? It's like a machine gun, and I don't know how it works, but he just gave it to me. And I kind of say sometimes what I'm thinking. Listen, some of you are going, man, this is really basic. I, I understand this, Pastor. Is it? Then why are so many Christians still struggling with sin? Why do we still have a sin consciousness if God's righteousness was so good? Right? So I'm getting there because what I'm teaching you right now in the battle will guard your heart and be a breastplate so when the enemy fires his fiery darts, they won't penetrate. Because you know what? That breastplate has the potential, right, to stop every fiery dart, every sword. It wasn't like, like a little plastic one that I had, right, when I was six years old that moves. It is a supernatural weapon that you can use against the enemy. Are you here this morning? Come on, you can help me preach. Right, so change begins externally. How does it begin, Passion Life Church? Man, you guys are so smart. You're so amazing. Listen, but here's what happens. Watch this. If you don't believe that change happens on the inside, right? The Bible says that when you become a new creation, you are a born-again Christian, old things have passed away, right? Here's what happens. You're in the heat of the battle. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know if you're wounded today. I don't know if you need a miracle today. Watch this. Do you know why some people really don't get a miracle? Can I just be honest with you? It's because they, in their heart, they really don't believe they qualify for a miracle. Let me say that again. Do you know why some people don't get a miracle? Because they really don't believe at the end of the day, maybe God doesn't love me. Watch this, and I'm not qualified. The truth is, you're, you're not righteous because of you and your works. You're righteous because of Jesus and his work on the cross. If I put my faith in what I've done, I'm gonna be disqualified. But if I'll put my faith in what he's done, I am qualified. Can I hear a good amen today? 
And so, yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. So what the enemy does, and this is his target, right? Here is the attack. It's the attack of being unqualified. He's going to hit your heart. You don't deserve a miracle. Why would God do that for you? Look, you know what you've done. The Bible talks about him being the accuser of the brethren. And here is our battle, right? I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't, I don't understand. But can I just remind you? Listen, you're not righteous because you're good. You're righteous because he's good. Come on, somebody, right? If I can start to believe and put my faith more in what Jesus has done than what I have done, I will overcome. And here's the truth. The truth is God qualifies you. You don't qualify for yourself. He's the one. Jesus qualifies. And Jesus did for us what we could never, ever do for ourselves. Can I hear a good amen? amen? And But here's what happens. Here's one of the enemy's lies, right? Once you get born again, he's going to continue to tell you, you know what? You messed up this morning. You're not in right standing with God. Look at what you thought. Oh, ooh, you saw that. Oh, what? And here's what he does. The enemy is going to try to make your life about your works. He's going to try to consume your thinking about what you did and your mistakes. My church family, the enemy loves when you are preoccupied with yourself. He loves it. And I'm going to tell you, here, here comes the shift. Changed my life. I started to focus on the grace of God and not my mistakes. I started to focus on the grace of God and not my sin. Guess what happened when I stopped focusing on my weaknesses? Guess what happened when I stopped focusing on my sins? Guess what happened? I stopped sinning. It doesn't mean I don't mess up, but here's what happens. When we sin, the enemy is constantly accusing us, beating us over the head. And when we start to get into our self-righteousness, yeah, I didn't do what was right. You know what? Yeah, I'm not good enough. That's self-righteousness. You are taking your breast off, your breastplate off, and he is shooting at your heart. He wants you to believe that you are not qualified. And I want to remind you again, you didn't qualify yourself. You didn't pick yourself. God picked you. God loved you even yet while you were in sin. He sent his son. You were a dirty, rotten, little sinner. And guess what? God still loved you, sent his son, and died on the cross so you can be forgiven of that sin and we can live in victory. But the attack is disqualification. It's disqualification. Oh, you're not worthy. You're not good enough, right? Your past sins prohibit you from coming from God. Listen, you should be rejected. And here's the truth. You'll never walk in victory if you don't believe that your past is forgiven and forgotten. I may not be able to forget people's sins, but I want to tell you what God does. He totally forgets your sins. The Bible says they are separated as far as the east is from the west. You know why God remembers our sins? Because we keep reminding him. Oh, I did this. Oh, I did that. Bah, 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 bah. And most of our confession and our thought is about our mistakes. But what if you turned your thoughts and your talk, not about your mistake, but about the Messiah and what he did and how good he is? Because here's what happens. You say, Pastor Phil, when you start thinking this way, are you just saying that you know, we can live any way you want? No. When you talk like this, Pastor Phil, you're going to give people a license to sin. People don't need a license to sin. Did you know that? They're doing it without a license. They don't need a license to sin. Come on. But here's what happens. When you start to focus on your mess ups and your sins, you will go back to them. 
But if you start waking up every day, and I believe we should every day wake up and look at the grace of God, look at the goodness of God, and you begin to look in the mirror and you say, you know what? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus today. Not because of me, but because of he would. But see, what we start to do is we just say, we even say this, we say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And notice what we put first. I'm a sinner. You were a sinner, but now you're a child of God. Come on, you are forgiven. So now I'm not just going to say, I'm a, oh, I'm a sinner. No, I'm a child of God saved by grace. Come on, somebody. That's what his grace does for us. But Jesus wants you to be finished on his, he wants you to be preoccupied with his finished work. You know, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, for it is by grace. Everybody say grace. It is by grace that you have been saved. How are we saved? By God's grace through faith. Watch this. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works. Everybody say that. It's not by works. Not by works that nobody can boast. So I like that because you can't just go, yeah, you know, I, I'm. Shh. It's all about him. But here's the thing. If you make it all about you. You're going to be in self-righteousness. And I want to remind you, self-righteousness is not a breastplate. It leaves you exposed. It leaves you exposed. And so the enemy wants your heart uncovered so you can be wounded and stay wounded, right? And maybe some of you today, you're in a battle, maybe for your finances, for your health. And at the end of the day, you're like, God, will you heal me? Can I tell you? The Bible says that by Jesus' stripes over 2,000 years ago, you were already healed. Healed is already taken care of. There's a victory in the healing. Why don't we possess that? Yeah, come on, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. So why don't we take a hold of that? You know why? Because at the end of the day, we believe that we're unqualified. All right, are you ready? I need you to look at me. I need you to put on your thinking caps. I need you to put on your seatbelt for a moment. I want you to think with me. Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you know that when Jesus was on the earth, every person that he healed, none of them were saved? Do you know that every person that got a miracle when Jesus was on the earth were all sinners? Ooh, it's quiet. It's quiet in here. I like this. You know, they were all dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking sinners. You know why I can say that they weren't saved? Because Jesus hadn't died. So my question is, this is going to help you. How did they get a miracle if Jesus hadn't died for their sins yet? Do, 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 do. The woman with the issue of blood had been leaking blood for 12 years. The law said if she touched anyone, they would be unclean. She was not even supposed to be in the crowd that day. She was outlawed. And maybe she heard that Judas Priest song, Breaking the Law, Breaking the Law, Breaking the Law. And the Bible says even though she wasn't supposed to be there and the law said she wasn't supposed to be there, she started to break through the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, why did she break through the crowd? Does anybody know why she broke through the crowd? 
Did she broke through the crowd because she wanted to go to the temple? Did she break through the crowd because she wanted to keep religious rules? She broke through the crowd because she had one thing in mind, and it wasn't her sickness. It was Jesus Christ was walking through. Jesus Christ was walking through to do a miracle for somebody else, but she didn't care about the law, what the law said. She wanted Jesus, and she walked through bleeding and touching other people. Do you know that when if she touched you, you were unclean because she was unclean, but she broke through and the Bible says she said in her mind if I can just touch the hem of her garment she is a sinner ladies and gentlemen Jesus had not died right everybody know their Bible and what did she do she touched the hem of his garment and when she touched Jesus Jesus didn't become unclean she became clean right come on give him a good round of applause so here's the question what saved these people in terms of how did they get a miracle? They didn't get a miracle by their works because they were all sinners. They got a miracle by their faith because they had faith in the Son of God. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the same way you get your miracle. But when you start to believe for your miracle, the enemy is going to remind you of your works and you are going to think you are disqualified. That's taking off the breastplate and he's going to wound you. But if you will look at Jesus and who he is and his holiness and his righteousness and by faith, say God I am righteous because you made me righteous I qualify for a miracle you will be healed because there's no disqualification ladies and gentlemen listen to me today there is nothing standing between you and God God has made it so that you can have a close relationship with him as close as you want him Jesus did not die on the cross to give us a religion he died on the cross to give us a relationship with God so you and I can talk with him come on are you excited about about a relationship with God and Jesus did what you could not do for yourself see you're not only equipped for the battle you're qualified for it because you have a breastplate on and I want to tell you today if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and forgive you of all your sins you're not righteous but if you have you are righteous because of Jesus and watch this we got to change our mind. When God looks at you, he sees the covered righteousness of Jesus Christ. He does not see you and your sin. Pastor Phil, does that mean that I can just live the way I want? No, I want to emphasize that. But here's the thing. When you start focusing on righteousness, when you start focusing on what Jesus did, you want to start to live a life that's worthy of the death that he died. When I start looking how good he is, that's what goes, oh, I don't want to live this way. I want to live that way. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. So when I look at his goodness and I realize, ooh, that's not how I am. I want to be like that. But you cannot be like Jesus without him giving you his righteousness. And ladies and gentlemen, he's given you a free gift of righteousness. And that righteousness will deliver you. Can I hear a good amen? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 6, the righteous of the upright delivers them. And I want to close with this today. Are you glad you came to church? Say this with me. Come on, say, I am the righteousness. Come on, say it loud. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, Jesus became sin so you could become righteous. So you could become righteous. You could become righteous. And can I just be a little bold today? When we get into our own works and our self-righteous and we start to think, oh, I'm just not good enough. Can I just tell you, you, when you do that, 
you are disrespecting what Jesus did. Don't let your life be about your sin. Let your life be about the goodness of God and his grace. Man, it, it's good. But the breastplate is going to help you stay away, and it's going to protect you from wrong living. What's wrong about wrong living? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. When I live wrongly, I'm living in the devil's territory. But I can live rightly when I live righteously because of the gift that I received. I can walk in righteousness. And that's God's territory. That's God's, that is God's uh, country. And so when you don't have your breastplate on, to be honest, whatever battle you're facing, if your first thought is, I don't even know if God loves me. I don't know if he's going to show up. You know, all this, if he was really here, all this stuff wouldn't be happening. Can I tell you all this stuff is happening because Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. But he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And can I tell you that today if you are fighting a sickness, that's exactly what you are. You are not a sick person trying to get well. You are a healthy person fighting off sickness. You are the healed person fighting off sickness. So that is fighting from victory, not for victory. Can I hear a good amen? but you're gonna to have to guard your heart. And today I wanna to let you know, you are a child of God. And you need to keep telling yourself this. Watch, can I just give you a little, when you mess up, say, God, you know, I think it's funny because we say, God, will you forgive me? And God's gonna go, no, I'm not gonna forgive you of that. You know, as a matter of fact, when Jesus died on the cross, uh, he didn't die for that. To be honest, we can ask for forgiveness, but forgiveness is poured out. That's why when I make a mistake, I just say, Lord, I thank you for my, your forgiveness. I am forgiven. Keep telling yourself you're forgiven and watch how your life will improve. This week, I want you to take a look at the grace of God every single day. And I want you to tell yourself every day I'm forgiven and see if that'll change your behavior. See if that'll change. You know what you're going to do? You start walking around victorious. You're going to start thinking about, wow, I am the righteousness of God. And you're going to look back during the week and you're going to go, well, I didn't even do some of the things that I did. That's right, because now you have a God consciousness instead of a sin consciousness. You have a forgiveness consciousness instead of a sin consciousness. You have a grace consciousness instead of a sin consciousness. And when there is a miracle that you need, you just believe and say, God, I believe that it's already done in Jesus' name. I'm not battling to see whether he loves me or whether I'm qualified. Jesus qualified me. And that is my breastplate that the enemy cannot penetrate. Come on, if you believe that today. Come on, we can win the battle by believing. Come on, would you stand up this morning? Stand with me. I want to ask you, what do you really believe? Do you really believe that God is for you? Do you really believe that all your sins are taken care of? Do you really believe that? Or do you believe that there's still some that are not covered? Because when we say that, then what, really what we're saying is that we're saying that what Jesus did is not done. And it's still undone. You're saying that what you did is more powerful than what Jesus did. And I want to tell you today, what you believe is so important in the battle. Because you'll win based on what you believe. And I personally believe that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Anybody believe that today? Come on, close your eyes for just a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you today because we are righteous. Come on, if you know that you're righteous, if you know and you have received the gift of righteousness, would you just lift your hands and thank God for his righteousness, his holiness, his grace.
Father, we want a relationship with you, not just a, a religion. Father, we want a heart relationship with you. Father, and I just pray, Lord God, right now, Father, there are some wounded people in here. There's some people who've been, even been wounded by church. There's people who've been wounded by other people. And Father, I just thank you right now that healing has already been purchased. And Lord, I pray that we would put this breastplate on by believing and walking in the righteousness so the enemy cannot have a hold on our hearts. It's the center for our believing. Father, do a deep work in people's hearts today. Father, may we not just be a product of our city or community, state or nation. May we be a product of heaven, a child of God, victorious, more than an overcomer. Lord, we thank you and we worship you, God. Thank you for your righteousness. Come on, just thank God for his forgiveness. Come on, thank God that his, your past is, is erased. Thank him that your, all of your sins are gone. That today you are clean. That your heart is pure. Come on, thank him for his forgiveness. Thank him for his grace. Come on, thank him for his miracle power working in you. You qualify today for a miracle by what Jesus did. Just receive it. Receive healing today. Come on, receive healing in your mind, in your body today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we receive it by faith today. Not by our works. Come on, some of you, I, I feel today that some of you, the ceiling is breaking. And some of you are reaching out and touching him. Where there was, there was some, some boundaries. There was some things that need to be broken through. And that was constantly your own thoughts, your own works, your own. But once that is erased, there is a clear path to Jesus to reach out and experience him. And that's when miracles happen. That's when things flow. That's when, man, provision and financial breakthrough come. We thank you. Come on, can you believe today? We can believe. Come on, say, I'm a believer. Come on, say it loud. I'm a believer, God. Come on, say, I'm a believer. Come on, you're the God of miracles today. Come on, I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I'm a believer in your power. I'm a believer in your power today. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Put your hands down for just a moment. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Just keep your eyes closed for a minute. I love our church. I love you. But we say this prayer every week, and I'm going to tell you why. I have people that walk up to me. A, a young man walked up to me last week and said, Phil, my wife made me come to church today. And he says, I've been going to church for over 30 years. He says, I'm not a believer. And he said this, but I understood everything you said today. And I've been going to church almost my whole life, and I don't understand anything, but I understood today. And he said, I'm coming back to church next week. I pray this prayer today because there are people in here that may have never prayed this prayer, and that's what this is all about. And people are saying this prayer, receiving Jesus, getting baptized, going through growth track. It's amazing. So I want to say this prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you don't know today, if you were to die, if you would go to heaven, if you've never asked Jesus and received this gift of righteousness, you can do it today. How do you do it? Not by your works, by faith, by faith. In him. And today, if you say, Jesus, I have faith in you, that what you did on the cross, I am forgiven. And I want to invite you into my heart today. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right where you're at. Let me see your hand. You say, I need Jesus. God bless you. God bless you today. Awesome. You can put your hands down. 
Come on, let's pray this prayer. Passion Life Church, let's all pray it together. Come on, so they don't feel like they're alone. Come on, repeat after me. Say, Father God. Come on, say it loud. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Father God, I repent of my sin. Jesus, come inside my heart. I receive the gift of righteousness. And today, I confess you as my Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.